nothing like getting to be a mom. Well, I just, you know, Earl, that was ridiculous, that introduction. Um, I just want to take a moment in front of all of y'all, and I'm going to jump into my message because I know y'all got brunches and lunches, and you want to experience a photo wall. You want to get your fresh merch. We got babies that we have the honor of dedicating second service. But I just want to take a moment and say thank you for being my best friend. The best, most honoring, loving, kindest husband I could ever dream about. I can't believe I've been married to you for 24 years. That's just crazy. And you're more amazing than when I first met you in college. And thank you for your humility and the way that you surround me and our family. I love you. Well, I'm going to just jump in. He really is the real deal. Like, there's no... There's what you see is what you get. As amazing and sincere and life-giving as Earl is that you see him up here every week, he's more than that at home to our kids and to me. But I'm going to just jump into my message today. I'm so excited and honored to get to share. And during the pandemic, I don't know if y'all remember, but Earl and I did a marriage talk. And during the marriage talk, I decided, so in heaven, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a worship leader in heaven. And also, I'm going to be fluent in Spanish. Those two things. Hola. Bueno, 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 fuego, fuego, fuego. It just kind of rolls out. But so does singing. And when Earl and I met in college, my singing for him was a stress reliever because it would make him laugh. And so sometimes out of the blue, I just break out in song. And so there's this movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Dream Girls. And there's this character, her name is Effie. Is that how you say her name, Effie? And she basically has this moment where she tells her man, I'm staying. I'm not leaving. I'm going to be by your side through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm with you. And she just sings it with this emotion. And I thought, you know what? If they would have heard me sing it, they would have cast me. So I think just to kind of wake us up this morning, you guys just need a little bit of my musical stylings. So we're going to play it for you. Yeah. It's my gift to each of you. Thank you, team. Sometimes you just need to be reminded that you're staying, that you're planted, that you're not giving up, that you're going to persevere, that you're going to press through, that life may come at you from every which direction that it can possibly think of, but you're going to stand and you're going to stay. And that is where we're going to dive in today. I got so many scriptures, so buckle up and get ready. But first scripture, John 15, here we go. 
as Jesus was talking to the disciples, he was preparing them. He was actually about to go back to heaven. He was about to die. And so when someone's getting ready to die and they leave you with words, their last words, if you will, it means it's obviously very important. I think about when I get ready to send my kids to school, when Elle goes to kindergarten, we had so many pep talks with her. Same with Grayson and when Parker, as we prepare him for college in just two years, which is crazy. But with that said, I'm gonna think about all the things that I'm gonna send him to college with. And this is the scene that Jesus was setting with the disciples. He was about to die. And he wanted these weighty words to last, to set, to resonate with them. So as you read these scriptures with me, think of the importance and the weight of these words. Here we go, John 15, verse four. Remain in me, so this is, just think of him. He knows he's about to die. He knows he's about to be crucified. He knows he's going to be, he's gonna rise from the dead, but he's leaving them with these words. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Verse seven, but if you remain in me, so comforting, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Finally, verse eight. You will, when you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Did you hear how many times he said remain? Do you know why he said that? Because he knew persecution was coming. So he said remain. He knew a time of feeling misunderstood was coming. So he said remain. He knew a time that the hype was about to die down and he was gonna need to see who's really with me. So he said remain. He knew there was a moment where the sun was not going to rise. It was going to set and it was going to feel very dark, very frustrating, very forgotten. But he said, remain. He also knew that a pandemic was coming last year and he said, remain. He said, remain when many of us lost power during the storms. He said, remain. He said, remain when the church couldn't meet in person. We could only meet online and talk to you to an empty building. He said, remain. When spouses were getting on each other's nerves because they were stuck at home last year during the pandemic, wanting to just lose their minds, he said, remain. When you lost your job that was your dream job and you got the phone call that they were doing laying, laying off because they had less money because of the pandemic, what did he say? He said, remain. When you get ready to release someone in your life that you've been holding on to for a very long time, but the word over and over again said, it's time to let go, it's time to break up, guess what he said? He said, remain. And the beautiful thing about scripture is no matter what season you're going through, we can find ourselves in God's word, but he's leaving us with this because it's important. He's saying right now, we could be on a high, we could be living our best life, but when life hits, I need you to keep standing, 
I need you to not throw in the towel. I need you to remain. And I believe that the church of this moment and this time in history is looking for some men and women and a next generation who's going to remain even when it gets hard, even when they're misunderstood, even when they're frustrated, even when the world is acting a hot mess. He's looking for some men and women and the next generation that says, you know what? I'm going to remain. The pressure's on. I'm going to remain. I'm frustrated right now. I'm going to remain. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. To remain means, here's a definition. To be left after others have withdrawn. To rest or abide in the same place when others remove or are lost, destroyed, or taken away. Here's another definition. To continue to rest or abide in a place for a time that is indefinite. One more. Not to be lost not to escape, not to be forgotten. God is calling us to remain. He's calling us to remain when the winds and waves come. He's calling us to remain. He's calling us to remain when it's not popular to be a Christian. He's calling us to remain. He's calling us to remain when sometimes as a church, we can be misunderstood because our church looks like heaven. He's calling us to remain. When I think about this past year and what it was like for Earl and I to lead a church that looks like heaven, here, here's the interesting thing. Okay, so Shoreline City, you know, this, this picture, if you look all around and online, if you even pay attention in the chats as well, and at North, you look around the room or you look at the photos on Instagram and Facebook, this is not normal. It is not normal for this many people from this many walks of life, for this many stories and backgrounds to be in church together. And for us, it's normal, right? But it's not normal. Every, we gotta clap for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not normal. And when we bring in guest speakers from all around the world, the first part of their messages, they're actually thrown because they're not used to looking at audiences and people that look like heaven. So they get nervous at the beginning of their messages, and these are some of the most powerful, world-renowned speakers. And they kind of pause, and they go slow at first, and they tell us later, this church, I've, it's very rare to see a church that looks like heaven. And it just reminds Earl and I what a gift that this is. And it's such a celebration. But during the pandemic, leading a church that looked like heaven was also very unique. <laughs> because the beautiful part is we're all different, but then that's also difficult when stuff hits the fan. And so there were times as leaders when we thought, this is hard. This is the most weighty thing that we could ever possibly imagine. When we dreamt about a church, and we dreamt about a church that looked like heaven, we didn't think, oh, we'll be leading when the world is shut down. We'll be leading when people are arguing about political things. We'd be leading during a time, a, a very intense time with just all the racial tension and just the weightiness of our world. And I'm going to be honest with you. We, were, we cried many nights. We lifted our hands to Jesus many nights. We surrendered and said, God, do you, do you need to tap us out? Because this is weighty. This is difficult. And we are trusting and looking to you. But at the same time, sometimes we don't want to remain. 
We're raising a teenager. We have a five-year-old. We have a 10-year-old. We're trying to entertain them. Also trying to just make sure that the church is good and to remind us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Also getting used to the dynamics of being married when we're trapped in our home and we love each other, but we're also getting on each other's nerves. There were times, trust me, that we didn't want to remain. There were times. There were times when really we thought, you know what? Let's go into another profession or we can just travel and speak. So then you just kind of pop in and you pop out. You don't have to deal with any drama. You just get to love people from afar, but you don't have to deal with the pain or the DMs or the crazy things that people say on Instagram. You just get to just fly around the world, bring your kids with you, and just life just seems lighter and easier. But then we had to decide. Are we here just for people to tell us, whoa, this church is so amazing, it looks like heaven? Or are we gonna remain when the church is actually tested? And when the gates of hell are trying to come against this church, are we gonna keep standing? Are we gonna keep praying? Are we gonna realize that we were called to the city of Dallas for such a time as this to bring hope to a lost world? Are we gonna wake up to our assignment and realize that the reason why this church looks like heaven is because the world is hungry to see unity, the world is hungry to see perseverance, the world is hungry to see lean in, and we decided we're signing up again. So we thank 2020 for what it taught us because we are rooted and grounded and more determined than ever to bring this gospel all around the world. So that's how we decided to remain. But in the Bible, you'll see people who thought they were going to remain, but then things got tough and they peaced out for a season. Peter, we're gonna just learn from Peter for a second. We're gonna learn what not to do. Peter was one of the top 12 disciples. He was in the top 12. So if it was a basketball lineup and they were coming out, you know, in college they would play that song. Do you know that song from games? Okay, so Peter was one of those. They, he, he, was, he was in the lineup. Do they still do that song at games? Okay, y'all were quiet, so it made me think we don't do that at games anymore. So Peter, he was full of fire. He was the one who walked on the water. He was there when Jesus fed the 5,000. He was there when Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. He was there on the Mount of Transfiguration. Like he was a ride or die. He was one of Christ's three closest friends. He had the t-shirt. He had the mixtape before the mixtape was out. He was selling stuff out of the back of his trunk. He was there when nobody knew who he was. He was the usher to Justin Bieber. I mean, he was there. He was there. He was there at the Last Supper. He was like, I will never leave you. I'm your rider. I'm going to roll with you. This world is coming against you, but I'm going to stand with you. I'm Peter. Let's go, Jesus. But look what happens. Matthew 26, 33 through 35. So this is Peter just sharing his, you know, sacrificial love. Peter declared and declared. That means he said it with some passion. Even if everyone else deserts you, even if the church shut down and I have to wear a mask for a season, a short season, even I will never leave you or desert you. Verse 34, Jesus replied, because he was smart. I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. You will deny that you even know me. Verse 35, Peter's like, no, 
I'm a ride or dying. I'm rolling with you. I'm rolling with you through a pandemic. I'm rolling with you when the shiny new churches come to the city. I'm rolling with you when I feel misunderstood. I'm rolling with you when I get offended. I'm rolling with you. No, Peter insisted, insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples said, yep, we're all in. They vowed the same thing. 30 verses later, everybody say 30. 30. One pandemic later, one tough season later, one not being able to find a parking place later, (laughs) one text message not responded to later. Listen, listen to how Peter just flips. Listen to how he flips. Matthew 26, verses 69 through 74. I'm just getting all in the business this morning. Meanwhile, Peter was, this is after Jesus, so listen. Jesus was on trial. He was crucified. The, nobody was wanting the mixtape. No one was wanting the fresh merch. Nobody was wanting to see miracles. The sun was not shining. It was, pro, it was raining. I'm just emphasizing the story. It was crickets. Remember, Jesus knew this was going to happen, so he had the pep talk. 30 verses later, look at how it changes. Verse 69, this is after Jesus had passed away. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, the same Peter who was like, I'm gonna roll with you. Listen to this. Peter was sitting outside the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, hey, I recognize you. You were one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. Verse seven, but Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Verse 71, we're talking about remaining today. Verse 71, later out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 72, again, Peter denied it. This time with an oath. So this time he was like, I'm serious, y'all. I don't even know the man, he said. A third time, a little later, some of the other bystanders came over and said to Peter, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent, Galilean accent. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know that man. And immediately the rooster crowed. How quickly someone who was with Jesus, someone who was one of his guys, one of the people who saw him at his very best did not remain. All throughout the Bible, there are examples of people who can ride the high, but can they be with you in the low lows? Can they be with you when the sun sets? Can they be with you when your marriage is not what it looks like on Instagram? Can they be with you when you don't get into the college that you dreamt of getting in? Can they be with you when they open up and say, I have an eating disorder? Can they be with you when you say, I need you to pray for me, I have a pornography addiction? Can they be with you when you feel like giving up and you need someone to speak life and to believe in you? Can they be with you? Life is made up of mountaintops and valleys. But I believe today that God is calling us as a church to remain, to be steadfast, to be immovable, to not be moved by the the trends of this world, but to be planted on Christ and to be planted in him and to abide in him. Another example, Moses, he went up. So the, the children of Israel had been through all of it. This, we're going to Exodus 32 next. We're going on a Bible adventure. We're going on a road trip. We're going all through the scriptures, y'all, just weaving in and out. So just stick with me. 
Moses, Exodus 32. He was going up to go be with Jesus to get a word for the next season. So he left Aaron in charge. And he said, I'll be back, but I need you to hold it down, basically. But Moses was gone for a long time. So I started to think about this last year. Church was not meeting in person for a long time. We were at home for a long time. And for some of us, it was great for us because we got extra time for the family. But for others of us, it left us unrecognizable. It took the spark out of our eye. It put a weightiness on us because we didn't know if we were coming or going. We didn't know every time that we turned on the news, there was division. Just everything was going nuts. In Exodus, they felt like, Moses, is he coming back? And let's see how they responded when it came time to remain. Exodus 32, one through four, people in the Bible, just like me and you. When the people saw how long it was taking for Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. Who brought us here from the land of Egypt? They had all this good stuff that happened to them. They were free. They even got the gold from the people that oppressed them. So they had the drip, drip, drippy, drip, drip. They were blessed. But instead of just being thankful and giving God praise for how he had delivered them, they got distracted because things didn't happen on their timetable. So Aaron was the next in charge. So they said, you know what? It's taken too long. Let's take this jewelry that was an, actually a gift and let's burn it and let's turn it into an idol and let's worship it. And sometimes the gifts that God has given us in this season, we take them, we melt them down, and we worship them. Some of the new jobs and relationships that have come out of this season, if we're not careful, we'll take them, we'll melt them, we'll build an altar, and we'll start worshiping them instead of thanking God for the person who actually gave us that gift. And that's what happened here in the Bible. If they melted it down, they molded it into a shape of a calf, which sounds crazy. But in the moment, they were, it made sense to them. Isn't it wild when you lose your mind for a second? Things that are crazy make sense. And that's what happened to them. Because it's easy for us now, reading the story, we're like, who would do that? Who would take that jewelry and turn it into a calf? But when you're not in your right mind, when you're not surrounded by the right voices, you do dumb stuff. And so when the people saw it, they exclaimed, the calf, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Moses went up to hear from God, the people during the pause, they lost their minds. And I want you to know that there will be more pauses ahead. There will be more times when you want to quit, more times when you want to give up, more times when you want to tap out. But God is saying, I need you to remain. I need you to remain I need you to be planted. I need you to stay in community. I need you to keep pressing. I need you to keep praying. I need you to stay in my word. I need you to fight for relationships and friendships. I need you to show up. I need you to keep giving, keep building, keep serving. I need you to remain. It's not popular to remain. It's easier. I mean, people break up in DMs. Like for real. Like really, they, it's like normal to end a relationship in a DM. That's the world we live in today. But God is calling us to be different. <clears throat> He's calling us to do what's actually harder, which is to remain. Here's some, here's some handles. Here's some handles. How do you, why didn't people remain? Why didn't Moses, why didn't Peter remain? Here's just some handles for us to hold on to to help us as we try to walk this out. 
When the voices of the people around you are louder than the voice of the Holy Spirit in you, you don't remain. Just marinate on that for a second. <clears throat> when, the people, what, when what people think about you becomes more important than what God called you to, you don't remain. Here's another one. When your timetable carries more weight, okay, when you're waiting on him or her, and you decide to get involved yourself and kind of make it happen, when your timetable carries more weight than God's schedule, you don't remain. Here's another one, another handle. When what other people have done to you gets more attention than what God did for you, you don't remain. We all, it's so much easier to be a ride or die, to be a fan, to be fully in when things are going good. But I believe that this morning, God is setting an alarm and a reset on all of us to remember that actually it's more powerful to remain during the tough times. And of course, this does not apply if you're in an unhealthy, toxic, re abusive relationship. This message does not apply. Instead of remain, you run. You run. You don't remain, you run. But I'm talking about health. I'm talking about not giving up too soon. I'm talking about remembering that you're called. I'm talking about adding some prayer instead of complaining. I'm talking about standing <clears throat> when things get rough and they get tough and they get weighty. That's the type of remaining that I'm talking about. And when I think about Jesus' time here on earth, there were some beautiful women that were with him. And I think today, more than ever, we need people with us during the highs and also the lows. And so there were some women that were with Jesus in the Bible when he was doing miracles. Like <clears throat> when everything was phenomenal, they were right there in the crowd seeing him. They're like, I'm with him. I know him. But guess what? They were also with him. I'm going to drink some more water. My throat's getting dry. <clears throat> Love y'all. I'm going to. Excuse me. Okay, back allergies. So they were with him. Isn't that funny when someone's sick and they blame it on allergies? This really is allergies. It's dry today. But with that said, they were with him when the miracles were happening. But guess what? They were also with him when he was on trial. And guess what? And th these are the stages of life, y'all. I feel like with life, there's the miracle season. There's the trials season of life. There's the, the crucifixion season where you just feel like all hope is lost. And there's a resurrection season. And so today, I'm looking for some men and women that are going to remain during the miracles. They're going to remain during the trials. They're going to remain during the crucifixion stage. And they're going to remain during the resurrection. Because these women that were with Jesus... They didn't just wear the t-shirt when he was the man and performing all the miracles and there was crowds lining up. They also were the ones that were there when he was being crucified. So when you get that report about sickness, you need some friends in your connect group that are gonna remain. Even if they can't go in the hospital room, they're gonna remain in the parking lot just praying, speaking scripture over your situation. When you send that text message that says my marriage is about to end, you need some community around you that says, I'm gonna remain. When for a season as a church, we have to make certain decisions, 
We need a church that's going to say, you know what, Earl and Onika? I don't always agree, but I trust you. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to remain. We're looking for some sons and daughters that says, I'm going to be there on the miracles. I'm going to be there when there's double overflow. I'm going to be there when there's new locations, but I'm also going to be there when it's tough. And these women were there. I can't imagine what that would be like to be there when he was, when Jesus was doing the most, but also be there when he's on trial. He's misunderstood. Things feel dark. You start to question like, was he really the savior? But even in the questions that I'm sure they had, they still remained. They were there when he was put up on that cross. And I'm sure they were crying, but they didn't run. They remained. And guess what? Those same women went to the tomb. And I think this is so fitting on Mother's Day as we celebrate the strength of women. Those same women went to the tomb and they remained. And guess what? That's where they learned that he was alive and that he was brought back to life because they remained. I wonder if we remained, what miracles we would see if we remained. I wonder if we remained when it was the darkest, the most forgotten, the most, the most where it feels like, why are you still going to church? Why are you still showing up? What if we remain then? What miracles are on the other side of us remaining? Because guess what? These two women, they were the first to tell the disciples that he was still alive. And it's because they remained that they were able to carry the good news and the gospel of the resurrection was able to spread all around the room because a couple women decided to remain. So I'm wondering, what if you decide to remain no matter what comes your way when you get the sickness when you get laid off what if you decide to remain what miracles are on the other side of you deciding to stand i think about one of our campus pastors he's actually a brother to me his name is ben stokes and he pastors our north campus with casey stokes he's amazing he's been with the church from the very beginning they casey and ben were one of the first couples to say you know what you have this dream in your heart I'm gonna remain. I'm gonna move from Austin to Dallas. I'm gonna downsize and live in a two bedroom, one bath, and I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna show up, no salary, no questions asked, I'm gonna remain. And you see Ben today, he's like our resident John the Baptist. He's just full of fire and passion and just has the most beautiful heart. But guess what? There was someone who went before him who also had to remain. It was his grandmother. His grandmother prayed for him. His grandmother lost sleep. Can you turn me up a little bit because I'm losing my voice? His grandma did not give up. He was out partying. He was getting arrested. He was doing drugs. You look at his life now, his family is, is literally like an Instagram family. They all look like models, they have a dog and just everything looks neat and tidy and amazing. But there was a grandmother, her name was Mimi, I believe. Is it Mimi, Casey? Who prayed in the middle of the night when Ben was out partying, who prayed when he was getting arrested. She literally said, hell cannot have my grandkids. She was willing to remain. And now we are all blessed as a result of the legacy of Ben Stokes' grandma who decided to remain, who decided to persevere, who decided to not give up. She walked the floor at night and said, God, that's my son. I'm believing for greatness. And God is looking for a church who's willing to walk the floors and 
say, God, I look to you. I put my hope in you. This world is trying to destroy the body of Christ, but on Christ the solid rock, I'm going to stand. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to pray. I'm going to praise. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to remain in the mighty name of Jesus. Church, will you remain? Something needs to break off of our lives so that we have the strength, the stamina, the peace, the grace to remain. And we're going to sing for just a little bit. And I want these words to wash over you. And I want you to make them your declaration that you will remain. Let's worship church. 